You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. Another rainy day in Kingston. Um, Yeah. Low energy. Low energy day. Blame it on the rain. Um... But Taylor has some exciting news. I don't know what. Well, no, you, you well, you did. You went to an interview this morning. That's true. That's I fun. did. I did go to an interview. Yeah. And, and I it... said, good thing Erica's not giving my job a reference because <laughs> she's not my biggest fan. <laughs> we appreciate you, Erica, but we're only going off of what you've given us. So you can't really fault us. I'm sure you'd give Mike a good review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll put Erica down as my next reference yeah. for for when I need a job. Exactly. Um, or write in Erica, tell us like what would your review be? Yeah, do that for next week because we know you <laughs> listen and you haven't written in a bit. Can you write us what your what you would give as a recommendation for Taylor and me? I guess uh, that should just were, be an open. Our, yeah. our listeners be, should just yeah. be like put in your profile. Put in your profile, <laughs> and we'll open the show next week with that. That'd be fun. There you go. That's something fun to do. Um. So yeah. Definitely a lower energy day. Um, we, you know, not a lot of movie headlines we were finding. Taylor said that the research was not, uh, it was a little harder this week, not as much going but on. It seems that the mainstream, at least. The tele- television news is kind of dominating right now because we're Makes still, um, uh, we're still in that time where they're renewing or they're canceling. So AP Bio was canceled recently, Patton Oswald's television show glenn um from it's always sunny in philadelphia is also in it Mm. it had two seasons and apparently i never watched it because i don't have cable and if i can't like stream it on netflix i'm probably not gonna watch it but apparently it was um like maybe a critical darling like i think people really liked it but i guess might be a cult hit later type of thing the problem is that tv stations still uh go on um the, you, you know, they're going by hard numbers. So who tunes in the night that it's airing? Yes, they're not um, considering the vast ways that people stream, stream later. later or check out shows in other, on other platforms. Yeah. So um, a lot of shows end up being canceled, even though maybe they're watched a lot later on like a second platform, whatever. Yeah. So um, there's a little bit of a, a, you know, a fan crusade right now. So that was kind of in the news this week about mm-hmm. AP Bio mm-hmm. is trending on Twitter. But aside from that, it's kind of been a slow movie week. You know, uh, uh, Game of Thrones has come to an end. Yep. Um, Marvel, that cinematic wing has come to an end so um <laughs> you're gonna upset me taylor <laughs> all your me, favorite things do not make me think about avengers endgame <laughs> <laughs> all those all and game of thrones because you like that too i did yeah so yeah. anyways it's kind of been yeah it's a slow week our episode might be a little bit slower we do have three movies to talk about That's i true. mean i saw the live action aladdin movie and i have lots of things to say there and you saw white crow i loved it which just opened at the screening room so there you go there's a little preview and then i saw the public which was also a pretty good movie also at the screening room so we've got two screening room movies to talk about this week we're going to talk about aladdin we do have some things to go through but 
we get to start off with a fan question. We yes. do have a fan question this week. This comes from Nicole. My favorite fan. Uh, Taylor's friend. Um, <laughs> My best friend. And this is actually quite a good question. So, um, hi, Taylor and Mike. Uh, before you see a movie, do you prefer to go in with a blank slate and not knowing anything about it? Or do you prefer doing research and knowing things about the plot? Most of the time, I love knowing things, uh, the things that are going to happen in the movie before I go in. I don't really see it as spoiling the movie. I see it as knowing the end point and being interested in how the story and characters end up there. Hope you guys have a great week. And that's from Nicole. Um, that's a I, great question. Um, I don't... It, it kind of depends. Um, I don't care about spoilers. I'm with Nicole. I don't think... Um, knowing for me knowing major plot points either in television or in movies it doesn't ruin it for me someone could literally explain the whole movie to me and i'll still go yeah. see it and i won't feel like i was cheated or i was left out in fact i kind i nicole will often see a movie before me and i'll ask her to tell me what it's about first and i like knowing all those plot points whether or not i research the movie beforehand it kind of depends it depends if the movie is a remake um, so I would want to research the original movie versus the new movie. If it's getting a lot of buzz, I might read more about it. But I'm not like, you know, I'm not like researching the IMDb of the director yeah. or, you know what I mean? So I would say it, it kind of depends, but definitely it doesn't ruin the experience, me knowing about it. Yeah. And like, I mean, I will say for Nicole, this is a really good question because it is a very interesting question for me and it does have layers to it because specifically to the question about knowing the plot i prefer to not really know the plot other than a basic synopsis um there are exceptions to that and, and i would agree with what you just said i don't think even if i knew it it would ruin it right. though i don't think like i i agree with kind of nicole's point of like seeing how they get to the end mm -hmm. point is as interesting as what the end point is um like certainly I mean, a great example of, of how this is complex is is actually Avengers Endgame. I didn't want to be spoiled on that. I right. didn't even go on really social media and the internet for like a day before seeing it because I knew reviews were coming mm -hmm. out. Um, but I also, when I was younger, read the Infinity Gauntlet comic that this was based on. So I kind of had a sense of where it was going, but how they got there and how they executed things made it more interesting. So I never felt spoiled in that sense. Right. I definitely try my absolute best to stay away from reviews just because I don't, I want to be a blank slate on whether or not it's good or bad. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's hard when you hear things. Now I have gotten over this a little bit, like until up until like probably when we started the show, actually, I like friends would always say, Oh, did you, uh, did you hear this person said this about the movie and that or this movie's like getting this. really good buzz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but recently I've learned it doesn't affect me as much. Cause right. I even like going into Aladdin, I, I had lots of people say like, Oh, you know, the critics don't really like it. And mm -hmm. this is why. And, and I, I'm kind of over it now where I can, I can carry on that conversation and like l look at some reviews. So, like can... I did for Aladdin. I did for actually the public. You can still make your own opinions totally without, yeah. I like, um, Again, I don't I don't necessarily avoid reviews, but I also don't seek them out. Yeah. Typically, I'll do that sort of research or that review reading after I've seen the film. Yeah, that's true. I do that too, yeah. If it's kind of like a your run-of-the-mill movie, like a rom-com, I'm probably not going to do very much research, maybe see what the actors are in. But when it's kind of when the movie has been generating buzz, either favorably or negatively, or if I didn't really yeah. understand the movie then I'll do kind of more extensive. Yeah, and I'm I'm very um I at least with doing the show I tried to be 
as sympathetic as possible to to the people around you that like it's not you don't want to shut down all conversations about film just because you haven't seen it yet and you need to review it so that's why i think adopting that method of yeah i'm not going to seek out reviews i'm not really going to seek out information but if other people tell me little bits about the film it's not going to bug me Mm -hmm. as much because they're interested in trying to engage with you but yeah i try to stay away from it for the most part and then after i see it sometimes i seek it out especially for things like her smell where i i was so conflicted on what i thought seeing what other critics think help you kind of organize it a little bit it's nice to get sense of what you saw sometimes it's nice to get other perspectives and even mandy even if you don't agree with it at least it helps you frame your thoughts a little bit more yeah so i definitely i I like this question because i think maybe we i haven't even given a strong answer to it but i think it is complex about that overall i like to not know anything but it doesn't really bother me when i learn bits and pieces i prefer for some movies i'm a real big fan of not to know the ending but that doesn't mean that i don't appreciate the journey Mm -hmm. too yeah sounds good um well thank you again nicole for for your fan question great way to start the show if you have any questions you want to send to us you can email us anytime at screening at gmail.com find us on all social media platforms we have everything um just send us a message or just simply you know write a comment or something and we'll we'll read it on air we'll talk about it even if you just have a thought um about a movie we've seen or something you want to add or disagree with send it in or the weather <laughs> yeah talk if about the, the weather is making you low energy too hey, we have read things on air that are not have nothing to do with anything like we had someone question who we were once so you know we we will we love to hear that. from you guys absolutely um okay let's um let's review some movies so we've got three to talk about where do you want to begin let's save aladdin to the end because that's obviously what people want to hear and now we've made them listen and to we our don't episode want you to tune out <laughs> we don't want you to, to say oh that was the aladdin review i'm out of here dead. that's the great okay so why don't we start with the public then yeah because you saw that this weekend i saw yeah i saw it um i actually saw it just before the weekend um because i was out of town so i saw it on its first opening day um and i thought the public um was it was one of these movies that i i felt was relatively slow but not in a way that i I mean i don't want to turn anyone off from it but like not in a way that was too distracting right but it was it was a movie that was pacing itself it was very character driven like you are developing this ensemble throughout this entire movie so for people who don't know what the public is it's essentially about there's um there's a crisis of of cold temperatures and there are quite a few homeless people and, and street people who are who are dying because the shelters are not sufficient enough there, there's not they're enough. overflowing they're overflowing there's just not enough space so um during a, a particularly cold night um a couple people who who are homeless who know each other kind of get together and say like we're just not going to leave this public library um which is not a designated that was kind of the main conflict of the movie it's not a designated shelter area but they they kind of enlist the sympathy and help of several of the people who work there so it ends up becoming quite an interesting standoff between these people inside the library and police and sort of management outside um emilio estevez uh, is the writer director and stars in it he's uh working overtime on working this one overtime on this one and you can tell because <laughs> as an actor he was super stiff and looked super tired um but i mean he people, but wouldn't you is he is he one of the library workers? He, yes, he he works at the library. So he would be tired. Yes, no, That's and a like stressful. I, I will say that the character development was so strong in this movie, it kind of made up for it for me that right. it was a bit of a slow, you know, to get to where it needed to. It was a little bit slow. There's only really one or two what I would call not action like 
action, but but climax type right. sequences in the film. There's only really two moments that some excitement and, and tension are built. Um, otherwise, they're they're really you know you're getting to know these characters. Um, I I wish I, I pulled up the wrong list, but there, there's one of the actors that um, plays one of the main. Um, uh, homeless men who kind of he he's kind of the one of the people who really enacts this idea. The so, yeah, kind of the leader. But it's really important. I think at least this movie's quite ensemble. There's not really necessarily leads, but there's a couple characters you stick with no, more. I don't love ensemble cast movies. Well, this one I don't know. This one kind of worked in a lot of ways. It, it's I think ensemble casts can fail when they they don't develop the characters strong yeah. enough. Um, uh, My boy Christian Slater's in this movie. Yes, um, uh, Alec Baldwin, um, Christian Slater, um, as I said, Emilio Estevez. Um, I'm just looking. I think it's Michael Kenneth Williams who plays Jackson. I think he's the one who I thought that was quite... Yes. Okay. So he he was quite oh he quite was in strong. Boardwalk Empire I think um, quite strong in in the film. Yeah, I think Boardwalk. Yeah, Boardwalk yeah. Empire, and yes, Twelve Years he a Slave. Plays, that's I where Chalky, I saw him right? before. He's a good actor. Yeah, and um, oh, and Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, I forgot Jeffrey Wright's in this as well. Um, also, also very good. Um, he's been oh, around West for World. yeah, yeah. Westworld's been around for a long time. Um, so I just I felt that the way they got you to know the characters was interesting enough that you had something as an audience to kind of continue okay. with. So even though I will say just as a warning to people, the movie is a bit slow. If you like character dramas, if you like, and there's lots of comedy as well thrown into here. It's not like just a straight up drama. It, there's lots of like tension relieving comedy. Um, this is, this will be a film for you. Um, I really, I think the, the climax of the movie is great. I think the ending is great. I really enjoyed um, the way they they build the tension. I really enjoyed this the set piece of the library. They really utilized the space well. And even at the beginning, they show you, and you can relate to this if you've ever been in a public library. You show you where people who are homeless or don't really have anywhere to go, how they utilize the library in different ways. And I thought that was well executed as well. Um, so for me, like I have to give it a see it, but with that kind of note of it is slow so if, if that's if you're the type of person who you know you need a little bit more ramp up in your films you might find that this is a bit of a struggle but i still think it's a see it because seeing it in the theaters and that experience is really good for this movie i think it fits and emilio estevez does a great job directing this i didn't i don't know how who much knew, he's directed eh? he's kind yeah. of been under the radar the and then all of a sudden, guy, you know? then all of a sudden <laughs> i wrote directed and start and i have to say it was a great script it's interesting and and the way they the characters interact with each other is believable and there's not uh which i'll bring up in one of my other reviews there's not that bad acting moment where you're like <laughs> what did just happen that doesn't exist in this it's a tight movie it's well done um so i'm i gotta give the public a see it it sounds like a movie that if people are interested kind of in social issues like inequality yeah. and poverty yeah. it sounds like a movie they'll probably want to check out especially yeah and it gets it brings the feels for sure because and now with um library cutting cutting of funding to libraries mm -hmm. you hear a lot about it in the states they're actually closing a lot of public libraries but even in canada there and in ontario specifically mm -hmm. mr ford has cut funding to public libraries so um you know it might be an interesting movie for people to think about you know yeah. see and think about yeah. issues in our own community we have um poverty inequality we have homelessness and now that our public libraries are kind of at risk, maybe it'll give you something to think about. And I want to I want to also throw out just because to be fair and and because these issues are multifaceted, I, 
the movie does a great job of actually showing that. Okay. When when you hear from the library personnel, you can understand where they're coming from right. about not wanting this, about, yeah. about why it's a safety concern and why it's a health concern. But I do think that it shows an interesting lens. It's nuanced. Yeah, and it... And it's something that exists in most communities. So I feel like exactly your point is if you're interested in social issues, it, it is a movie that heavily mm-hmm. does um, show you that. But it has nuance in it. So even – I mean, hey, like I, I'm – I'm the first person to admit that you can be torn on these types of issues and can make good arguments on both sides. And this movie does a good job of, of at least showing that in a very good way and letting you as an audience have your own feelings about it. To me, that's the best movie is we're just going to present these things and let you as each individual decide. decide what you think. Yeah. And I really like that about it. Two questions. One, do they say what city it takes place in? They do. I just can't remember. But I assume America, right? Yeah. I want to say Chicago, but, yeah, though, but I don't I feel... know if that's true. I can't. I honestly can't remember. It was... At the beginning of the movie, I know it's a framing device, but I don't think They're it's like, brought up much. Chicago. Chicago, Detroit. 20, 2015 yeah, or one whatever. Of those, one of those. Because it's based on a true story. So That's it's, the, That was going to be my second question. Yeah, it's legitimate. Like, it's based on a true story. I just, I honestly can't remember. Well, it has to be cold. So, yeah, probably. That's why Chicago, Detroit. I don't think it was New York because it didn't look like the New York Public Library. So, unless it was, but it maybe wasn't like the Maybe they didn't like have the, the budget. One. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I thought it was Detroit or Chicago. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. So, okay. it, it, the public is a see it for me. Okay, cool. I saw The White Crow also on opening night, mm-hmm. um, Friday afternoon at the screening room. This movie, and you maybe you want to pull it up because I'm not going to sure. say the name of the <laughs> ballet dancer correctly. Sure. So this movie is a biopic directed by Ralph Fiennes. I didn't know he directs. I think this is like his third directing. Yes, because he, he has done some before. Well, I thought he did great. So... Um, the movie is about a Soviet ballet dancer, Rudolf Nerev. Ner- How would you say that? Nerev? Ner- and I have Russian Ooh, ancestry. Yeah. My mom's going to be so mad That's at hard. me. I, pra- I honestly, like, I practiced all the Aladdin they names. They call him so Rudy not- in the movie. But this is based on a true story. Yeah, he's they, like that's a, a big, real guy, he is a big deal. Yeah, so Rudolf Nerev. Nerevov, he um, was a like world class ballet dancer in in the sixties and seventies, kind of the top of his game. And uh, when he was in Paris dancing, he defects, which means he um, essentially abandons the Soviet Union, says he won't go back. He's and seeks political asylum in France. So that's I'm not ruining anything. <laughs> well, they, but the, yeah, you know that going in. You know that going in because the first scene of the movie is Ralph Fiennes who plays his dance teacher, mm-hmm. and he's being um, interviewed by mm-hmm. a KGB, right. saying, "Did you know that this would happen?" Blah 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 blah. And he said, "No, he's never been interested in politics. He just wants to dance," mm-hmm. <laughs> which is essentially that. That is pretty much the major theme of the movie that Rudy. Um, doesn't have any time for rules or for structure. Mm-hmm. He really just lives for his dance. And the movie is um, a b- traditional biopic in the sense that it shows you when he's a child, it shows you when he's learning how to dance, and then it shows you when he's in Paris. So the events leading up to his defection. Now, is this chronological or is there jumping around? It's jumping around. Oh, okay. I personally didn't have a hard time understanding the three differences. Mm-hmm. The first... Um, when he's a child, is actually filmed in black and white, so that's pretty self-evident. <laughs> yeah, pretty uh, you can't you can't mess that up. But 
in one review I read, they said that they had a hard time differentiating when he was learning how to dance in uh, Leningrad, which is now St. Petersburg, and when he was in Paris, because it's the same actor who's doing both, you know, like uh, when he's training and then when he's oh, okay. in Paris. Yeah, yeah. I personally had not a problem really? <laughs> at all. Even though it was the same actor? Even like, though it was, it was the clear? same actor, like, it was very clear to me he's training now and then when he's in Paris. Yeah. I... St. Petersburg does look like a kind of a classical Western mm-hmm. um, European city, but like there's enough yeah. differences. Every single person speaking Russian when he's in St. <laughs> Petersburg, <laughs> whereas when he's in France, there's English there. Yeah. Um, so I personally didn't have a problem with that. Some viewers may find it for, you know, people who aren't used to non-chronological film, they may not like that jumping around. And there's also subtitles, if you know. Oh, like it's... I have a hard time <laughs> yeah. with distance. I have a hard time sometimes seeing it because my eyes aren't great. But... I was shocked. Ralph Fiennes speaks completely in Russian, the whole movie. Oh, really? He doesn't speak a lick of I mean, English. <laughs> I like that movies are kind of starting to be a little more realistic in that yeah. sense, like it... at least... And trying to. My friend Bronwyn made a really great point. She's like, I'm really glad they didn't do that thing where the first sentence is in Russian and then to establish that they're speaking Russian and then they switch to English. Now, did you see The Hunt for Red October? No, with the, I thought that Is Sean that what Connery. they do? Yeah, yeah, but I thought they did it in a very effective way because the cameras, it, they're talking in Russian, talking in Russian, and the camera slowly moves on one of the characters' mouths and then pauses. And they start speaking English and it backs up to kind of like establish okay, in a way. Yeah. And I like that's one of the examples where I was like, well, that you're works. doing it in a very clear yeah. way. Yeah. Um, this film, I thought, you know, I um, growing up listening to Russian, I I, I liked hearing Russian yeah, yeah. Uh, on film. Again, that might be a deterrent for some people because there is a lot of subtitles when they're in Paris. They're speaking largely in English, but the lead actor Olov Ivanko, I think he's Ukrainian. He has a pretty thick accent, hmm. so that might be hard for some people. Um, uh, it didn't bother me, you know what I mean. I I could understand what was going on and everything like that. So well, it's interesting to me that that the cast is like I think they did a pretty good job of trying to stick in like just looking at the cast list and knowing some of these actors. Like they they tried to you know, cast people who are either Russian or Ukrainian or something yeah. as those roles, which is nice to see like Ralph Fiennes, who, who, who is Ralph Fiennes is at least take as a director is taking that step seriously. Yeah, I, like, was, I was pretty impressed. And Oleg Ivenko is, um, a ballet dancer by trade. He's not an actor. I read an article where when he was first, he was emailed to audition. He thought it was spam. So he deleted the email. Like he's like, I'm not an actor. <laughs> I'm a dancer. So, so he's oh, so he's a trained dancer. He is, and was and not acting at all. He had never. I mean, in ballet, there is some of part course, of ballet yeah. is acting, yeah. but it's not in all dance. There's yeah, there's acting it's not acting like on screen. So he, um, from from what I understand, had no acting experience whatsoever. Didn't speak English, and um, went ahead and made this movie. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I think I've said it before. I mean, I don't know if it was his performance good. Like, I thought know? it was very yeah, good. I've said it before. I really think it's easier to teach world-class artists in another field how to act than the opposite way. Yeah. Like, I really just think it is. Like, not that, not to demean acting. I mean, hey, I'm, <laughs> I trained in theater. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna demean it, but I do think that, like, like you're saying, it's more translatable. In, yeah. In dance and even in music, you're emoting and expressing and you kind of understand that. But in acting, like, Unless 
you have some training. Like I remember going to school, I took dance classes here and there and there was musical theater stuff. So you learn stuff, but there's no way I could do certain things. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty confident that I could slow dance and do like ballroom stuff quite well. Cause I remember that and did more of that. But if someone was like, okay, we're doing a ballet thing. I have no idea what I was doing. So <laughs> I, th- I think, you know, I really value that they chose yeah. a ballet dancer. Cause that's something I hate when they, they're like, we're going to cast a world-class actor, but then they're going to teach yeah. them and they need to be able to dance in an ability yeah. that it's believable that he's the real Rudy who there's, was like considered top of the... There's nothing worse <laughs> in the world than peop- when watching someone who can't dance or sing do it. I would rather him watch Beautiful Dancing and be like, okay, he's not yeah. a great actor. Because acting is at least more nuances. Like yeah. you, will, you will find people argue more about the acting abilities of certain people, but I feel like dance and music is a little bit more like you You can kind of see when they're not great and you can kind of hear in music when it's bad. Yeah. At least for the most part. I mean, obviously people have, to, I don't know a lot about music, so I shouldn't be saying anything, but you know what I mean. Like I feel you like You can't that's really part fake it until you no, make it with no. dance and music. So anyways, I um, thought the performances were very good. I don't think they're necessarily um oscar worthy but i sure. thought everyone gave a very solid performance i thought this story was very interesting mm. um it's not really cat and mouse because you know that he's eventually going to defect so maybe that framing device could have been like waited until the end so you felt that maybe the tension wasn't as clear yeah there wasn't uh, the climax of the movie is when he is essentially um in the paris airport gotcha. um and it's kind of like well, I know <laughs> you're going to be fine. <laughs> He's going to be fine. So like, you know, there's times where like the KGB officer is trying to convince him not, you know what I mean? There's yeah. that kind of give and take where it's kind of like, well, you yeah. know what's going to happen. But Nicole would bring up, it's about the journey. Yes. But she thought the journey was still worth it. I thought the journey was worth it. I think for some people, this movie is going to be slow. Yeah. Again, it's very character driven. Yeah. It's about Rudy's development as an artist he was a like a peasant boy in the Soviet Union and how he becomes this world-class dancer and he's coming up against a monolithic totalitarian government um, which used dancers as sort of cultural currency. So um, to me, it takes a lot of boxes because it's about um, the Soviet Union. It's about cultural diplomacy. It's about dance. These are things that I love, so I'm biased about the film. But I think um, people will find a lot of merit in it even if you know you don't like soviet history or you don't like dance but i thought it was beautifully shot um it almost looks like it's shot on an eight millimeter film like it looked like i was watching a film from the 60s which i really liked i hate when people make movies that are set in the past and they use like hd it's very clear it's it's (laughs) hd yeah so that was kind of crummy um there's beautiful shots of saint petersburg beautiful shots of like the louvre um, it's funny. I was looking up the cinematographer, and he's done Love Actually and <laughs> Notting Hill. <laughs> so, you know, he's breaking out of his his kind of traditional film. I thought it was beautiful. So yeah, it's Mike, just, Mike Ellie is the name. It goes to show that you can branch out of your, yeah, your box. I think the, to, the mark of a good um, creator in this You can way. do a rom-com you can do, and a drama. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, for me, it's definitely a see it. But again, like you, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Um, A, because of the subtitles. B, because it's about dance. And C, it's a slow burn. That's what's hard sometimes about talking about movies is you kind of have to look at it, even though we give reviews. And that's kind of why we do the show in this structure is I don't like reviews that are like, here's five stars. 
two five-star reviews can mean different things for different people. So even though these bo- movies are both see it, people have to go in knowing, listen, there's other things here. You might not like it because if you don't like these other elements, it's going to hurt the movie for you. I think that's the pr- that you've hit the nail on the head with the problem with Rotten Tomatoes is that when critics give like a five-star to a movie and then you look at the, the fan rating and the fan rating is like 30%. And it's because sometimes what goes into a quote-unquote good movie isn't what appeals to audiences. I couldn't agree with you. So, like, you know, um, White Crow, for instance, I think it was a beautifully made film, but, like, it's definitely not going to appeal to everyone. And I know that, and I'm not going to... It doesn't hurt my feelings that people don't want to watch a movie about a Soviet ballet dancer. And that's the thing. Like, it kind of works both ways. Like, even, like, sometimes I turn off the critical side of me to watch something for pure enjoyment. I yeah. remember, like, last summer or the summer before when the, the Independence Day movie yeah. came out. Like, the other, like, the remake of the remake of the nostalgia, whatever. My friend, Matt, Matt Salton, shout out to Matt Salton, him and I went. And we went because we just we grew up in the 90s with Will Smith as a hero and like we just wanted to see this movie and like it was not good but we had so much fun because like it's you know you can sometimes turn that part of you off so it all just depends what you like like it no, doesn't like Balls of Fury a movie about ping pong <laughs> oh, yeah, I think Balls I've talked about it yeah. I think I've talked about it before Christopher yeah. Rockin definitely that probably has like 20% on Rotten Tomatoes that movie is so great it's just so fun so I think you have to take even our reviews with a grain of salt. We oh, try absolutely. to be as impartial, yeah. and we try to give everything, like, yeah. if you like this, if you like that. But again, But that's why we do it this preference. way. Personal preference. And we're just recommending you see it. It yeah. doesn't mean you're going to. That's why we said see it, stream it, skip it. We're just recommending. Yeah. Just, just because we say see it doesn't mean you're going to like I it. I think you should see this one on screen because of seeing, you know, Paris, seeing St. Yeah. Petersburg, seeing dance. Because yeah. there are... Uh, dance is heavily featured in the film so you want a big screen to see that beautiful dance work there you go so that's the public and white crow both playing at the screen room here in kingston they're both getting see from us so go check those out um okay the moment everyone's been waiting for the live action remake of aladdin okay so a couple of things here um and i want to i want to put i want to be I'm, I'm big on transparency i like so to give people some some notification and, and we've done this on this show many a time I was a big fan of Aladdin. I would consider myself someone who probably knows the cartoon movie off by heart, watched it over and over again. We've, we've talked about this movie before. Um, so for me going into the remake, there's two things here. There's I'm, I want to watch it as someone who wants to critically review it because I'm learning how to review movies and I want to look at it from that lens. But I also am a big fan of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so you can forgive something. Yes, and so I, I, I saw this movie and um, I... Um, I felt that all the changes that are happening with these live-action remakes, some of them in some of these movies work and some don't. I think we've talked on the show. I liked Cinderella and I liked The Jungle Book but wasn't a big fan of Beauty and the Beast and didn't see Dumbo. Um, So... This one for me is a little bit closer to Cinderella and 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 um, uh, Jungle Book yeah. than it is Beauty and the Beast, where some of the changes didn't bother me. Some of them made some sense and improved things. Some of them were random and strange. So I do. You, I'm just gonna talk yeah. to you today. Oh, please. Do you think Disney's learning from its mistakes with these other live action? No, 
Okay. Um, and the reason why I say no is because Aladdin still has some unnecessary backstory things, right. just like Beauty and the Beast did. The you, plague scene. Yeah, like there's a, there is a similar scene to the plague scene in in Aladdin where it's a little bit, what are you doing? But they gave more context as to where they gave more context as to why Jasmine, who they also gave a lot more to do, by the way. Um, is in the predicament she's in. Why does she feel trapped in in the kingdom? And why is there so much pressure on her? Now, the biggest difference for me, and this isn't a spoiler, but if you've never seen the original Aladdin, then it would be. But it's not really a spoiler for this movie. Oh my God, that movie's existed since the 90s. (laughs) I mean, really, why would you be interested in still listening to this show at this point? In the original Aladdin, the whole... Clim- not the climax, but the whole beginning of this movie, the whole idea of it is Jasmine meets Aladdin. There's a huge connection between them. And because of that that connection, and Aladdin helps her out, gets in trouble, gets thrown in jail, and Jafar brings Aladdin to, to get the lamp out of the thing. Like, that's like the, the premise of the movie. They kind of replaced that a little bit. So instead of being thrown into jail, and what happens in the original movie is, uh, is Jafar... wants to marry jasmine like that's his goal he's like an evil wizard yes he's he's the vizier um so he's he's the right hand man to the sultan Um, but yeah he has some abilities yeah right mainly in his staff like his staff has some mystical powers he's like the wizards from the prince of egypt exactly and he wants in the original to marry jasmine so but because he wants to marry jasmine he basically convinces aladdin hey if you want any chance to marry her you got to go into this cave and get these things traps aladdin there and then tells jasmine he killed aladdin and that gives jasmine's character a moment of like okay i made this connection he's now dead so when prince ali comes along there's this believability before she figures out who he is as to why there would be this extra connection however what they do in this movie that's a little different is they kind of remove that and they make it way more political so they make they really go down into this law that she has to marry a prince because of essentially she can't become sultan because she's a woman now again culturally i don't i don't know any references to whether or not this is correct i'm just saying what the movie presents right in this so movie she's the daughter of the sultan. she's the daughter of the sultan the sultan's wife is gone he's quite old and he knows he, he that's why he's trying to marry her off because if they, she marries a prince the prince can become sultan and there you go right so but jafar originally has mostly interest in marrying her to become sultan he doesn't even bring that up he does later for a funny moment that i'll talk about later but that's not his interest his interest is simply becoming sultan he does not care about jasmine whatsoever so it's just an interesting change that gives jasmine a more of a a very strong and independent thing but when she meets prince ali they do a better job of making those things that aladdin had that she's seeing in ali more more interesting and she figures it out very fast so they just do a really good job of making this movie more about jasmine's journey and why she basically feels the way she does why it's hard for her to j- just go off and marry a prince and why this connection between her and Aladdin, even though it's a bumpy road she ends up in the way to they be want. sultan no, well no that's the thing is she doesn't really but earns that within this movie so that's one of the things this movie does a little bit better is it shows why she eventually does become okay sort of you know i 
watched a lot in a lot growing up and all i remember is the genie yeah so i'm gonna get to the genie but i just wanted <laughs> and the, to yeah and i had a computer game yeah i so, an aladdin yeah. computer game and i think like that's it that's all the, i remember the biggest thing is like there are changes in this movie that don't make sense but that was just an interesting way to frame it again i don't so even you know think if it makes sense here but, but like you yeah. think it's a uh, it was a good change i wouldn't say good it was just different and it worked Okay. I'm not going to say one is better over the other. I still think it was a very powerful moment, at least I'm remembering from as a kid, to see Aladdin and Jasmine at a, at a more darker moment where they're pretty much like they're they're at their wits end and they're kind of desperate was interesting. It, they Neither character never really get there in this one, which is just okay. different. You see desperation and you see it in a different way, but you don't see them hit that moment. Like she... She makes a connection with this guy, and he's dead five minutes later. I mean, that's that's a hard thing. So that with that gone, you have to replace it with other pressures. Right. And I think they do a good job with that. I'm not saying one's better over the right. other. Um, one of the things I will say about this movie, before we get to the genie, because that's his little talk. I thought um, that uh, Naomi Scott was a fantastic Jasmine, did amazing in the role. She, she was incredible, amazing singer, just worked. Yeah, what's her background? Is she... Was she was she the a pink no name? Power Ranger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but otherwise hadn't done That's much. She's, she's relatively honed, new. I mean, she's quite she's young. She's honed her acting chops um, as yep. the Pink Ranger. Um, and Mina Masood, who um, actually has Canadian ties, and uh, he, uh, I believe, lives in Toronto now. But uh, He's from, like, Brampton. I yes, guess. I think he's from the Brampton area. He did quite a good job. You can tell with him. So he played Aladdin. You can tell, though, that he's not that experienced of an actor. Some of his facial expressions are still the same. Some of the things he does are still a little strange. Um, but he's a great singer, and I think he did the role quite well. And he's one of those people where you look at and go, yeah, he's not great, but in he a couple of years, be. I think he's going to be really good. Yeah. And you were saying before the show, you can tell that he comes from like a musical theater background. Yes, the musical. His acting yes. was a little musical yes. theater. And and I think that he he showed that a bit with some overacting moments. Right. And so, like that's the thing of the difference between film and theater. On theater, you have to over overact. You got to play to the back row. You play the back row. But when your face is 20 times the size of it normally is, you, you can't it do down. it. You have to tone it down. You have to be almost non-expressive, which is why acting on film can be so challenging because you can only do little expressions. You do big ones, you're going to look like a fool. So, I again, I thought he did a good job, but clearly not quite but as experienced. The, Jasmine did a better job. I thought Jasmine was incredible. And one of the new additions was this character, Dahlia, um, who, like, <laughs> it's like when you're sitting in a room thinking of live action, like, what can we add to Aladdin? Someone's like, give Jasmine a friend <laughs> and like yeah okay give her a friend and and so it was played by um nazim uh, pedrara and she did an amazing job again one of the uh, really funny character they had this kind of weird side plot with her and the genie falling in love but anyway it wasn't that important but she was very funny and she added an important element that i thought was missing from the previous where jasmine had more than just her tiger to talk to she did have someone to talk to she does have friends so she's not as closed off but you know even even her friend is sort of at times like pushing her towards Prince Ali or Aladdin and pulling her back sometimes. And like, you see this true, real good dynamic between That's them, cool. which is great. So again, another shout out to her. Um, overall, like I thought the cast was great. I do want to spend two minutes on the genie. So well, quick question. Did they still have the tiger? The tiger existed. CGI tiger, CGI Barf. monkey. Why couldn't they get um, real I don't animals? Know. And, and the CGI, this movie was not great. Um, but I'll get Across to my critics. The board. Yeah. I'll get to my criticisms kind of at the end, but I just want to quickly talk about Will Smith. As the genie, if you're going to compare to Robin Williams, that's not fair. That is an unfair comparison because Robin Williams is amazing and everything he did, and he really grabbed that role. But when Will Smith 
and for the most part, this genie is not doing as many impressions and is more jokey in one-liners, which is Will Smith's thing. It's great. Okay. He does a great job as the genie, but it's not the same. So you can't look at it at the same. You kind of have to forget about Robin Williams and just focus on it. But Will Smith does a great job. He sings well. He's able to hit these things. It's just there's something missing, you know, when with the, there's a Robin Williams size hole in this movie. And I don't think it's quite filled, even though Will Smith does a great job. That comparison is going to happen. He, it's Robin just Williams hard. was just so iconic. That's the thing. You can't you can't it's, compete with that. It's like how um uh, Simba's dad in the new movie is still the same actor. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, like, because you have to. It's James Earl Jones. You yeah, can't. You what couldn't can you do? replace him. And I thought, and I felt that Will Smith does a great job with what he does. The musical numbers are great. I thought Prince Ali was one of the best musical numbers I've seen on film in a long time. Just the way it was shot, the way it was sung, the way it was everything. It was entertaining, interesting. There was an amazing, funny scene right after between Will Smith. And so between the genie and Aladdin as they're presenting gifts to the sultan. And it's the best acting that Mina Masood does in the whole movie where he's just so awkward and so nervous that he's not acting like himself. And he keeps talking about jam. And <laughs> Will Smith's just like, can you move away from the jam? It's like, it's just that type of humor is in this movie and works really well. Well, Will Smith, um, I know you know him as a like an action star. Oh, and, and a rapper. But like, and a he is a good comedic He's great. Actor. Oh, he yeah. has good comedic Fresh, timing. Fresh Prince yeah. is pretty much, I mean, there's some great like drama moments, but it's pretty much a comedy. Yeah. No, he does. He does comedy very well. So again, it just sucks that you're following yeah. like one of the most. And I think that's what hurt him more. It's not who he is and what he represented. It's what he's following. So he is so charismatic and he's so interesting and he's a great singer and he does everything well it's just you're following robin williams so there, there's going to be always an unfair comparison but if your kids have never seen aladdin before and you're going to bring them to it they're going to be entertained okay, by this great. movie now some very quick criticisms yeah go for it <laughs> this is one of the strangest directed films i've ever seen so this well, is it's guy, guy ritchie which he Who? so guy ritchie does this thing where he slows down frames and he slows down movement and then speeds up movement at various times he does it in the musical numbers and the dance numbers of this so the beat is doing something but the movement is faster than the beat and it's so weird and it's confusing and it doesn't always work like the song one jump which sort of begins aladdin um aladdin's running around and at times he goes slow motion at times he goes fast motion and it doesn't make any sense why it's so confusing. Like Guy Ritchie is known odd. for British crime, like British crime comedies. Yeah, and uh, he did the Sherlock movies. Yeah, um, a Man from Uncle. So, like that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't think it makes sense that he was. And I think it's a lot of the areas where my critical brain took over, where I was like, where with the moments where I was like, oh, this is so awesome. He like makes I adult, stopped. He for makes that adult, moment. yeah, gritty. Like they're yeah. normally very dark, but very funny, but. For adults and it just I just don't think the way it, the film was shot worked and and I felt it really demeaned it in a lot of ways and I, and there were a lot of things that were done within that that I just felt were unnecessary and I didn't really get where it was coming from and that's why the it's like the critical side of me took o takes over for those moments to say I kind of understand why critics are not so even as a non-critic though the casual observer knows when something's not working on the fr in the frame one film reviewer who doesn't know anything about musical theater asked the question is that how musical theater is like you <laughs> speed up frames and like no no that, that's just a weird thing um but again overall i just want to say there's lots of great things in this movie i think will smith and naomi scott and mina masood 
as three leads carry this movie in a great way there's a lot of random strangeness in it there's one weird plot point that makes no sense near the end uh there's a weird character that gets an amazing moment where we hadn't really been introduced to that character for very long but but he gets like a huge emotional moment and i just think that it was kind of poorly put together which is hard to say for a movie that cost a lot of money and it's disney and they they're doing things i could never do but i do have to say coming out of it this is a stream it for me even though the performances are amazing and i said so many great things about it there's just so many strange moments in this film that i honestly understand why critics don't like it i think it's very evident that disney as a corporation doesn't value um like the quality of their output. No, and and I because think it's that, just a no, money making franchise. They're just let's roll these things out, and I and I do think some of these stories are interesting, and I think that there were some great performances in here, especially from some not well known young actors. Um, I mean, I think there was a moment here, and I think yeah, I, I don't think that it was taken to the level of seriousness it could have been but yeah that's why i'm giving that's why i have to give aladdin a stream it is the performances are not just not enough for me i would say you're going to be thoroughly entertained at home on your couch you don't have to go rush to the theater for this but you don't have to spend 50 dollars between you and your friend but if you do have family and you're looking for something for kids to do they're going to enjoy this movie i just say just get disney plus and wait to stream it at home yeah and there's not yeah there's no reason to run out to it um but there you go that's my that's my review of aladdin so two see it and one stream to it. see it one stream it um so definitely go check out some some of these movies um this week and just before we get into not a great plan um we're just gonna let everyone know that next week we're seeing rocket man yes. and we're doing next week's episode all about rocket man and, and elton, elton john. john we're gonna do an elton john episode <laughs> so send us your elton john related questions and let us know um for for elton john stuff like what great movies have you seen music of his and we're going to do like a top 10 list i think of elton john songs in movies um talk to us about his career bring bring that in um and if you see rocket man send us in your thoughts about that but next week is a rocket man episode yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited and for that. send in, like, maybe your, you know, your biopic questions, because this is a biopic slash musical. And it'll be interesting to compare it to other ones we've seen. Um, like Most uh, notably. Well, Star is Born. Oh, well, I, was, that's I did biopic, not think but... that was most notable. I thought Oh, well, that... Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, I think the, but I think A Star is Born and Bohemian Rhapsody, even though Star is Born is fiction, it's a remake of a remake of a remake, and yeah. it's still the similar structure yeah. so i think it'll be interesting to look at all three of them together i think it's gonna be very interesting to, co- to compare uh rocket man considering how different you know the actor is doing the singing yeah taron taron edgington yeah he's doing all his own singing that's amazing um so anyways there i can't wait I'm i can't wait next week rocket man <laughs> but right now not a great plan It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener, Not A Great Plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, living legend who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella. You've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not A Great Plan. That's right, it's not a great plan where we take a look at headlines in current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. Petition wants to keep Game of Thrones writers off of Star Wars. Not a great plan. 
petition writers again. They're busy. So um, last week, I think it was last week, we mentioned how fans have written a petition for HBO to rewrite all of season eight because of Game of Thrones because it was so crummy by all accounts. That um, petition as of uh, this week has hit uh, over a million signatures. Can you and I just, just for my own... Sanity. Sake. Yeah, I was going to say sake, but you can say sanity if you want. Can you and I just agree that this is dumb? Oh, 100%. Cool. It's ridiculous. I don't think, I think people need to feel like they're doing something. And I 100% And I think it gives that. them I control, really it gives them control over their emotions. And I, and I 100% respect that. I just think when you do it in the public this way, you are, like, as You're much as. You're opening yourself to ridicule. And, and. <laughs> These are two human beings who, yes, they made one not great season of an eight-season television series that was one of the best television series of all time. And yes, they didn't do a great job. I'll admit that. But they are two human beings. So this new petition, uh, it was made by under a joke synonym or a joke name, George R.R. R. Martin. So he didn't actually make the petition. Yeah, because I don't but, think he has anything to do no, with any of this. But he, no. like, the petition is under, jokingly, under George R.R. R. Martin. And they're essentially saying, you know, don't pick two writers who ignore major plot points in order to shock and awe. They have a, essentially a long list of complaints about their writing style. I mean, I don't... It, you can read it th- yourself. Some of it makes sense. Some of it doesn't. But essentially... They take ma- their their main issue is that they don't think these two writers have the skill necessary to pull off a Star, Star Wars trilogy. Hey, I'm questioning it myself. But. So the petition is calling for 25,000 mm-hmm. signatures. I think it's already at like 16,000 in less than a week. Like it's getting it's gaining um, names pretty quickly. Of course, this petition will do nothing. <laughs> but yeah. But I mean, I who know, knows? Because our one of our but... other headlines does talk about fan outrage. So yeah, it, yeah, but petitions. But as I talked about uh, with the Disney uh, in Aladdin, yeah. Disney doesn't really care about the quality of the work. So and they don't. They're not going to listen. Not for them. Because because they know that in three or four years, the vast majority of moviegoers, when a new Star Wars series is announced, isn't going to know who those two people are. And people go to Star Wars movies no matter what. Even, yeah. you know, even after the new movies with, like, Natalie Portman, yeah. that, that like, mm-hmm. s- those ones are yeah. are horrible yeah. by all accounts. People still went to go see them even though mm-hmm. they A were all bad. Did, yeah. And I think that, um, you know, I, I, to every listener out there, here's here's an interesting challenge. And I'm not, I'm not trying to put anyone on, on the spot, but just for everyone, can anyone right now th- just think in your head, can you name the director of the last Star Wars movie? Can you name him by name? No. Yeah, and so I can, but again, I'm like a super fan of it. But I bet you a lot of people out there, some people can, but I bet you a lot of people out there can't. So I don't know if... But in my defense, I can't really name any director. No, no, but that's <laughs> but, but but that's a great point, though. So you wouldn't people necessarily... You wouldn't necessarily know think... if a director who did something that you didn't like did something else and you went to see... You, you go to see it. You might not know it's the same director. And I think people pay attention to writers even less because they're not, they're not totally responsible agree. for directing. I don't they're think just that's right. 
I think that we should pay attention to directors and writers, but I think you're 100% correct. But if, you know, if people don't know the director's name, they definitely yeah. don't know the writer's name. Agreed. Yeah. So anyways, it's just a silly, this, this is the kind of silly hey, news we have this I, week. And I get that people need an outlet, but there's just, there's so many things you can do that's, that's more helpful than this. And I just, I don't know. It, I just it's think it's like a lot of outrage. Yeah, it is. Considering that I'm like, it was bad, but like, there's worse. Yeah, there's worse things out there. Whatever. <laughs> Cool. Children are being held captive in America in cages, and we are signing petitions. I know. For... That's what makes this all, like, ridiculous, right? Like, I'm fine to talk about film and have fun with it, but when these types of things come out, it's it like, there's other a little great... Bit annoyed. Yeah, there's other great initiatives to be a part of. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. To another depressing headline, but in a different way. Stan Lee's former business manager arrested on charges of elder abuse. Not a great plan. This is awful. So um, Stan Lee, as most moviegoers would know, was a comic book editor, prolific. Like he pretty much all of our modern comics characters we can attribute to him in the Marvel universe. Is that correct? You would know more than yes, me. Yes, pretty much all of the big ones. Yeah. And so he, you know, has made lots of cameos in the Marvel universe. He has since passed away. Well, apparently in the last years of his life, after his wife passed away, she was responsible for kind of managing his business affairs to make sure that he wouldn't be exploited. Because, you know, he's he, he was very old by the time he passed away, like in his 90s. Um, so anyways, once she passed away, his inner circle kind of really took advantage of him. There's reports from various people kind of trying to exploit him and hmm. take advantage of him, which... So the newest story um, is this. Former manager Kaya Morgan has been arrested on suspicion of elder abuse in association with his treatment of Lee. Morgan was charged earlier this month in Los Angeles and is now being extradited back there. He's accused, among other things, of trying to convince Lee that his life was in danger so that he could be moved to a location that Morgan controlled and of stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars from his former employer. And then the article notes... For the record, Morgan is not the former manager accused of stealing Lee's blood to sell as a collectible in Vegas. So this is apparently, I didn't know this, but for years, like the in the final years of his life, there's been accusations from various, you know, corners being like, this person's doing this, this yeah. person's doing that. And it's really sad because, you know, he was older, he maybe didn't have all of his faculties you know like i know like my grandparents sometimes yeah. get confused and if, mm -hmm. gosh if they had millions of dollars yeah i'm sure people would try to oh, i'm sure and they wouldn't be able to people try to exploit you even when you don't yeah well and this happens to people that aren't elderly anyways you know when people have lots of money and mm -hmm. they're vulnerable they could be vulnerable for a million reasons right and they get taken advantage of by the people in their lives so it's just a sad and I'm my question again. We always we need to get lawyers on our shows, I but know. I think it's interesting that he's being um, he's being charged with this even after the death of Stanley. But I guess you know a crime has still been com committed even though the person's dead. I just find it's how are they going to be able to prove it question. when the victim. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know, yeah. right? That 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 is a good question. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't. Again, I don't. I don't know anything about that, and and I think that. It's just such a, it's, it sucks as well that it takes a celebrity to have something happen to yeah. them, to see something that happens on a day-to-day -day basis. Like I, you know, 
the way that even society and the culture that that we're a part of treats people who are older is is not great and i think that that these instances just show you like when someone gets older i i do feel like there's the family has a certain level of responsibility to now be to like we got, yeah we're, we're you know you protected us now it's maybe our he doesn't i don't know maybe he doesn't have relatives no but i mean he does i mean he has a family and i think that that's like as far as i understand if there's if someone's suing him the family must be involved right that must be in some capacity like you did this to my father exactly whatever i, I would assume again i yeah you're right like i'm not a lawyer so yeah i, I don't know to, how it works I don't even, yeah i know and nothing about this but i would imagine the family's involved in some capacity and it's sad that it took his death i know you know like yeah. um anyways That's awful. it's a sad headline but our next headline is another silly headline okay good, it's been go a for, silly good. week please give us a silly one sonic the hedgehog delayed until next year amid redesign dental work not a great plan <laughs> that is silly so we um a couple weeks ago i talked about the fan backlash about yeah. sonic the hedgehog because admittedly he looks really weird um in the new movie mm. i don't know why they didn't just because he appears in cartoon like we know what he looks like yeah. is the thing yeah <laughs> so i don't know why they didn't just translate what he looks like into cgi kind of the way they've done it with pokemon where they just kind of took like the pokemon and made didn't it really redesign them at they, all yeah. they didn't really design they really redesigned sonic the hedgehog and the internet lost their beans yeah. more petitions <laughs> and such um and you know the filmmaker was like wow, we're, we've heard you. Um, and they are really, they are literally redesigning Sonic. And the movie was originally supposed to come out November 8th. It won't be out until next year, February 14th. So you can bring your honey to see the new oh, hedgehog. Valentine's Day 2020, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. Wow. I don't know. This movie's a mess. I don't I don't know who they're marketing it to. That's I don't, a great question. <laughs> it's coming out now on Valentine's Day. Valentine's I don't know Day. who's taking their children to a movie on valentine's because it's technically a children's movie I yeah and I, and I think they target people who are either children or grew up with sonic who are older now yeah so but you know yeah. i think it's going to be universally hated no matter what really valentine's day yeah well that's so interesting i mean who if they're redesigning the Maybe hedgehog push it back again. yeah well it's interesting i think that, that because this isn't connected to such a big and comfortable studio this is paramount who needs success Paramount. They're willing to spend the extra money. money. They they only really have um, uh, Mission Impossible. Yeah. They don't really have, like, Star Trek stopped, so they don't really have a series to go for. So they they need to to develop something. Well, they were hoping this would develop into a franchise. Yeah. So it makes sense that they're a little more paranoid. So, again, it all depends upon your your actions. This is a filmmaker who went, I'm going to listen to the fans. Mm -hmm. When, like, Disney's like, we don't need to. Yeah. So okay. really quick, there we have one yeah, last, we one have last time headline. for our last headline, and it's men on Twitter are still very, very mad about Captain Marvel. Not a great plan. So recently Marvel released an extended scene from Captain Marvel last week um, where I guess I haven't seen the film, but I guess Captain Marvel gets kind of um, catcalled by a, a motorcyclist mm -hmm. and she... Um, beats him up <laughs> not really but she steals she does something and then steals his motorcycle right so they extended they've released that scene but an extended version mm. and um some not nice men not nice gentlemen have taken to the internet twitter youtube and they're calling her a villain how could she do this when a nice man is complimenting her excuse me so i it says here um 
<laughs> they've called Kaplan, Captain Marvel a villain for having the nerve to stand up to a guy who sexually harassed her. Yeah, they're just calling her a villain because, I guess, of what how she reacts to him. But essentially, again, I haven't seen the movie, but apparently it's very evident that he's being sexist in the movie. Like he's, yes, that's like, correct. It's like he's a slime ball. No matter what. Like Yeah, you don't want to get your face punched in. Don't catcall someone. So all of these internet guys are defending the motorcyclist. All right. So I'm going to say something on behalf of... I'm going to speak on behalf of all men because I don't care. They've lost their right to speak for themselves in this moment. I'm going to speak on behalf of all men. Um, we're sorry. <laughs> we suck. Men are horrible. This is terrible. This shouldn't happen. Yeah, no, it should be. This should defending. not be the debate on about Captain Marvel. You should be talking about whether or not Captain Marvel is a good movie or not, which there is a debate to be had there. Not about this. This just makes me like this movie and character more because these people are idiots. And I'm saying that. It's a I'm, silly week I'm that with there. silly people. It's, yeah, it's a silly week with silly people. And I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm just, I will apologize on behalf of, of any men who will stand with me in that. That's horrible. Yeah. And to have that conversation online is ridiculous because there are young people online who are learning about interacting with each other for the first time. And this is what they're going to get now. Bananas. Bananas. Um, there you go. You know, we've run out of time, but go see some movies. <laughs>